wins today. Isn't it great? All right. Well, happy Sunday. We're so excited you guys are with us today. Again, we are continuing on. We are talking about Beatitudes because it's important for us to come from the Scripture. Can I get some A to the men's, okay? And so important for us to hear from the mouth of Jesus things that are important for us. And in this Beatitudes series, as Jesus, he called it a series as well. He did a preaching series. Um, as he was sitting there, jokes, uh, he was sitting there and, and spending time with his disciples and his followers. He wanted to share with them things that are so important. And one of these things he was presenting to them was an upside down kingdom, right? This upside down kingdom, this understanding that yes, in the world, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation. Fear not. You'll be blessed. You'll be okay because I'm with you because I'm building something in you called the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And what he wants us to do is, is allow that to be built so that we can build it in others. And sometimes when I was even first studying, that was a mind-boggling idea that the kingdom of heaven is here now inside of me and that is something that is transferable from me to someone else, okay? And understanding that I give them that as a gift, so important for us. And this is contrary to the world because again, in this world, what we also try to do is build our lives, don't we? And that's okay. Again, you work hard, you go to school, you do these things, you get good jobs and all that because you want to do well in life. Absolutely. But is that the end all? Is that everything? No. Okay. Because just like everybody else, we will have struggle. We will have tribulation. We will have trials, but we will be blessed. In it. And that's what's so important, right? And understanding that we will still be blessed. Okay. That we will find God's favor, that we will find him in the midst of it. So, so important for us. Okay. Today, what we're going to hit on um, out of Matthew 5, 1 through 12 is verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So important for us, okay? Everybody wants to see God, right? Someday, do you want to? That's our goal. That's our hope. That's that blessed hope that we have that beyond this world, we will go to heaven. Isn't that exciting? But here's the thing, too. I also want to see God here on earth. Okay, I want to see him here and now, and I want to see him in my life, and I want to see him in my midst, and I want to see him in the lives of others. And I'm excited about this because I know that it will happen. But there's a key that has to happen within my life to unlock this, and it's this understanding of purity of heart. Pure of heart. What does this mean? Terms like this can be just so arbitrary, like they just don't fit into your, your typical syntax, your typical conversation, do they? Pure of heart, what do you mean by this? We talked about being merciful and things like that and, and an understanding that that's, that's more of an outward thing. But this pure of heart is like the deep depths of us. And the thing is, for us to really see God here and to see him there, there has to be a level of purity that happens within our heart of hearts, the innermost part of our being. So very important for us. What does this mean? Pure. Let's, let's define this for a moment. I love to define things, again, because I think it sets a better stage, okay? Unmixed with any other matter. We think about like gold right? Pure gold, nothing better than pure gold. It is beautiful. Why? Because it's not mixed with any other matter, okay? Free from harshness or roughness and being in tune. Wasn't it great to hear worship that was in tune today? You've been to those churches before, right? You're like, wow, let's pray for the worship team because they need some help. <laughs> Maybe the, the ministry of the laying on of hands, whoa, out the door. Okay, I'm just kidding. All right. But um, pure, containing nothing that does not properly belong, looking at like fault or guilt. You look at kids in this way. I mean, some of them have fault. Most of them don't have guilt. But you think about a pure, like that kid is just so sweet. 
Just a pure little child. Look at that angel. And all of a sudden, they're like, you know, pulling out a shank, okay? (laughs) Having exactly the talents or skills needed for a particular role. Have you ever watched athletes on television? Everybody loves LeBron James. Not right now. (laughs) I was waiting for it. Matt's like, don't. Okay, I haven't seen anything or watched anything, but I know social media does not like that guy right now. Okay, but have you ever seen an athlete that is just so gifted? Let's go back to MJ, Michael Jordan. Man, that was good. If you haven't seen it, go to YouTube. That guy was pure athlete, beautiful athlete, right? Could do anything. Was amazing. And you think about that level of purity, even with skills and abilities. And you think about that with your life and what God wants to do in you. Taking all of these things and putting them together to make sure that our heart, and listen, this represents our desires and affections in life, is in the right place. All of these things to be pure to make sure that our heart is in the right place so that we will see God. So very important for us. So very important. So where we're at today is going to be picking up in the life of a guy named Peter. And I I love talking about Peter because I feel like I can identify with a guy like this because he is so human. Do you feel that way when you read about him in scripture? If you haven't, you'll see some of his humanity today. A a guy that was was overzealous, was super excited. You know, was a guy that that just wanted to to really see God's kingdom come. And he did. He really wanted to do what what Jesus wanted him to do. But he, he got too excited. He got too excited. Like even yesterday, we were hanging out with the students, and uh, I was with them all weekend, which was so much fun, but I'm also old, I can tell now. And um, I watched, we, we were getting ready to play some wiffle ball and kickball, right? So we were, we were at White Park getting ready to get out and, and get out of the cars, and all of a sudden, Aiden just shoots out the side of the vehicle, leaves the door wide open, so excited. So excited, right? Just so pumped to, to be a part of this. And you think about Peter in that way. He left a lot of open-ended things in his life. He did things that he shouldn't have done at certain times, right? He did things that would make him, though, human and someone that we can identify with. So we're going to see his context here. Look on your screen before me in John 21. And uh, I'm going to read it from there. Um, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, that's another, that's Hoppy's family, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish. I love this. Simon Peter, I'm going out to fish. Does this show you something about him? That he's a leader, number one, period, okay? But also that he's reverting back to something that he knew. Why is he reverting back to? Because he had denied Christ, okay? He had fallen back into an old lifestyle where you don't see this pure of heart being represented within him. So then he's going back to what he knows. He was a fisher before he was a fisher of men, okay? So he says, I'm going back to fish. I'm going out. Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So if someone is walking and someone is following, that makes them a leader, right? You see this? Or it makes them all confused. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. They caught nothing. Does anybody like going fishing? I like going catching. You know what I'm saying by that? I like to catch things. Fishing is so boring sometimes. Can anybody identify with me on this? I see that head, Brad. You're nodding with me. He's like, amen. Hmm. I want to catch something. Can you imagine going out all night? And they're throwing out nets and stuff. It's not like... Hey, man, get me another hot dog, you know what I mean? <laughs> Give me something to drink. It's not like that. These guys are throwing out nets, okay, and all kinds of heavy-duty stuff here, okay? But they, that night, they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He was standing on the shore early in the morning, okay, because he was back appearing to folks, all right? 
especially those that really need to see him. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? Hey guys, did you catch anything? Have you had any luck out there? Okay. No, they answered. Next slide for me, please. If you don't mind. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable, you see that? Unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, this is so important, because when he said, hey, you guys caught anything? Okay, old John boy says, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard this, okay, heard him say this, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment, because listen, they weren't fishing in their cloak. They had things off, all right? Basically, and with nothing on, okay, just covered, all right? Um, he took his outer garment, put it back on. This makes perfect sense, okay? Put on your jacket and jump in the water. Peter, okay? This is Peter. This tells you the way he rolls, okay? All right? So the other disciples followed in the boat. They're like, Peter's so stupid. What is he? He's just so anxious in life. He's like chopping off ears. I mean, he's just crazy, okay? Towing the net full of fish, okay? For they were not far from the shore, about 100 yards. That's a long swim to me, I can tell you that much. When they landed, they saw a fire burning, coals there with fish on it, and some bread. Next slide, if you don't mind, please. Thank you so much, okay? Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught, Bring some. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat, probably soaking wet still, because he's really special like that. He's a good guy. And dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. This is so cool. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They all knew at this point, right? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. I think this is so neat because we see so much going on in this background. This is the context of, of really Peter going from someone who is one who denies to someone who confesses. Someone who denies Jesus and what he did and who he is to someone who confesses him as his savior. And I love this. There's so many, so, so many symbolic things in here as, as Jesus already has the fire burning and he brings the bread. What is Jesus? The bread of life. What are we to do? Throw our lives on the fire as well as, as the fish, as, as the meat offering, if you will, right? Are you picking up what I'm putting down here? So important for us. We see this context of, of who Jesus is and how much he loves people. And what he will do to reinstate them back into life because he cares about your heart. Amen? Are you with me? Okay. So then we pick up John 21, 15 through 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. You're like, are you going to say this again? I've heard this so many times. Bear with me, okay? Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. You're like, what in the world does this have to do with me right now? What does this have to do with being pure of heart? Because the heart is the bed of our lives that everything grows out of. 
And we look at Peter's life and we look at his heart and how because of his denial, it had separated him from God. And you think about this. We, we do this all the time in our own lives. We make decisions. We say things. We, 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 we do things that really just put us at a distance from God. And all that God wants to do is send his only begotten son into your life and build the bridge back. And we see this in Peter's life, that, that, that Jesus comes and he builds that bridge so that Peter can have fellowship and relationship once again. So why is this so important? Because we're understanding love in a new way. There's four types of love in the Greek. Okay, and you may already know this, but it's the storge love, which is a love that occurs between parents, children, and family members, okay? Then you got the eros love. This is love that is passionate or sexual in nature, not found in scripture, okay? But what we're looking at today is two other types of love that are very important for us to understand. And you guys have heard these terms probably quite a bit. The first is agape love. And this is different because it's an exercise of will. It's a deliberate choice related to obedience and commitment, not necessarily feelings and emotion, okay? Kara makes it pretty easy to love her in this way, you know, but I'm sure for her, she has to really exercise agape love toward me, all right? Because there's many times, <laughs> I love you, baby. I love you forever. Uh, there's many times that she has to deliberately look beyond my cray-cray, okay? And love me the way, way, just kidding. And love me the way that Jesus does. Seriously. This is like a reversed illustration. You know what I'm saying by that? I'm receiving it here. I can get, I can understand this. And I'm so grateful for this agape love because I understand it in my own life in this way. That every day though, we make the deliberate choice to love. And we look at this type of love and relationships, marital relationships and things like that. That's so important because I can tell you what, boys, listen, some days she won't have makeup on. Which, Carrie, you're still beautiful. There's some days that she won't have makeup on. That changes things a little bit. You're like, whoa, that's what I mean. No, she's beautiful still because you agape love her. You get what I'm saying here? Some days, ladies, he's going to be the dumbest man. You're like, every day? Someday he's going to do the dumbest thing ever. But your agape love allows you to look beyond that. Okay? Marital counseling, you can sign up after We'll be good. Connection Center, there's a form already there. Okay? No. Agape. It's not necessarily feelings and emotion, but this deep love, okay, that's just understood that you work at, all right? Because let's be honest, sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes you're not emotionally stable, but this is a love that's deep within your heart. Then you see this phileo, right? We're not talking about steak here, okay? Phileo, to have special interest in someone or something, to have affection for, like, or consider someone a friend, okay? So you think about this. Some people be like, I phileo my, my iPhone. You know, I love it. Look at all the stuff it does. Or like, I phileo my car. I have a deep affection for this thing because look at it. It's so beautiful. Or my home or my job. Or, you see what I mean by this? It's not something that is a, a, a tangible object, like a person, I should say, but something that is separated in that way. Does that make sense? Okay, so we're talking about this deep agape and this phileo, which is a friendship love too, which is really we're going to camp today, all right? So how do we have this type of pure in heart love? So important. You heard me mention scripture here already, and what we're going to do is we're going to break that down a little bit so that we can understand what this pure in heart love looks like every day. We do this 
the foundry so that you can walk out of this place with something in your hands, your heart, and your mind that can change your day. And it's so important for us to make sense of these things, especially concerning someone like Peter who we can completely identify with, all right? So blessed are the pure in heart. To have a pure heart, this is the first thing we're going to talk about quickly. We must burn the boat. We must burn the boat. You may have heard that term before, right? Cortez, as he was discovering and taking over and all kinds of fun stuff. I don't know all the backstory of that guy, so don't take it too crazy, okay? But it's an idea and a concept and an understanding of when you get to a place, you burn the boat because it's a point of no return, okay? All right, listen with me. John 21, 15, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And look, I want you to pay close attention to verse 15. He said, Simon, son of John. Did he say Simon Peter? Did he say Peter? He didn't. Jesus was identifying Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, of who he was at this very moment. He had reverted back, okay, to the reed that was blown by the wind. That was his name before. Okay, Simon, son of John, was reed blown by the wind. But in the process of Jesus drawing and calling him out, he called him Peter, Petros, rock, that the church would be built upon in that way, that he would do these amazing, great exploits for God. But Jesus identifies him as Simon, son of John. How do you think Peter at this point received that even? When before you used to call me rock, Jesus, but why aren't you calling me rock anymore? Listen, Peter, listen, we got to talk about this. You deny me. I'm not going to just sweep that under the rug. I'm not going to just forget about that like it never happened. Listen, son of John, listen, you need to, we need to talk about this for a moment. So we see this conversation unfold between Jesus and Peter that is something that will eventually talk about that and state him back. So we see this name change. This isn't the only name change. Last week we talked about that with Saul to Paul and how he was changed. But this name change happened when Jesus gave it to him. So Jesus is the one that is bringing him back in this moment, bringing him back, reinstating him to this place. Simon, do you, and this is the type of love we're talking about here, do you agape love me more than these? A lot of times we might be thinking about disciples and people that was around him. But what Jesus was talking about is they're sitting on the shore. Picture it, a picturesque campfire. Fish are being cooked. Bread is there. Everything is beautiful. Fun times all the way around. You know, you're just like this setting and you look and he's like, listen, do you love me more than these? And he's talking about the boat. He's talking about the fish. He's talking about the Simon son of John life that he had before. Before you were with me, this is what you did. Let's get to the heart of this matter, Simon. Was, was, is this what you want? Do you want to go back to fishing? Do you want to go back to your old life? Do you want to be Simon, son of John? Or do you want to be Simon Peter, the one that I want to build something great off of? He's saying, listen here, what do you want? What do you want to be? Don't you love that about God? God's not a dictator. He'll give you what you want. They ask for a king. They got a king. Listen, he'll give you what you want in life, but is it what he wants for your life? Are you with me? He'll give you what you want, but is it what he wants for your life? And we see Peter in this spot there just, just looking around. And he smells the fish. It's like everything was surreal. It was back to the old life, and he's looking around. He's like, is this what you want? Because if, if so, I'm game. But here's the thing. Let me remind you of something. Feed my lambs. 
You've got something that you're supposed to do that is beyond the boats and beyond the fish, beyond the nets and beyond all this. I'm calling you out because you're going to do something with your life. Feed my fish. When we go all in with Jesus, we have to burn the boat of the past. We have to burn the boat of the past. I love this portion of scripture, Isaiah 42, 18 through 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past because see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I love that scripture because when we're in him, he springs up new things and makes new ways. And we don't have to have the old way because we have the new way that leads to the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Second thing, to have a pure heart, we have to set fire to our own heart. To have a pure heart, we have to set fire to our own heart. What are you talking about? I'm not one of those freaks that swallow swords and, and fire and stuff. You know, what do you mean by this? This is weird. I have heartburn every day. I take medicine. No, I'm not saying that, okay? John 21, 17, the third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. He was asking him this time, do you love me? The agape love again, this deep love, this self-dying love in this way saying, will you give me your heart? Give me the boats, give me the fish, get rid of that. That's, that's the vocational side of things. That's you learning to, to be with me in this way. But what about your heart? What about your heart? And I think about our hearts. Think about how messed up our hearts can be sometimes. Think about how we're so easily swayed. I'm just talking about my own life. You know your own mail. You read it every day. I know the intent of my heart sometimes, and it's not right. It's not right at all. And I have to come to this place with Jesus and say, purify my heart, burn through it, take away anything that separates me from you. And we see this place on the water, on the beach where Jesus says to Peter, do you love me in this way? Okay. If so, let my love burn in your heart and purify you from anything that separates me from you. Not just the vocational side, not just trusting me with finances and your job and your future and your education, all these things. But what about this thing, your heart? Let me burn in that too. Third thing is this. To have a pure heart, Jesus, you have to take Jesus as a friend. We have to take Jesus as a friend. John 21, 17, excuse me, a little bit further on. Do you love me? He was hurt because Jesus asked him her time, do you love me? I think I have a slight mistake there. We'll see it on the screen there. All right. But it's this understanding here when he's saying, take me as a friend. And this is the, the phileo type of love. Because the whole time as Simon Peter is hanging out with Jesus, on his mind in this moment was him thinking, can we just be friends again? Can we just be friends again, Jesus? And he's like, look, I'm not talking about phileo here. I'm talking about agape first. Because when you have agape, phileo comes. What he's saying is when you're willing to die to yourself, to everything that you've created and also your heart, then there's a reinstatement of friendship. Does that make sense? But how does this happen in our own lives? How does this happen? This is the last thing I want to camp on today is this. We must stay in step with Jesus. Think about that. There's nothing better than walking with a friend through life and someone that goes with you to every place that's up, down, and everywhere in between. And we think about this with Jesus. John 21, 
19, the second part of that through 22. And then he said, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is it to you? You must follow me. You must follow me. Isn't that like our knee-jerk reaction? Well, what about them? Peter, you and I are talking about your heart. We're talking about agape between you and I. We're talking about our friendship. But Jesus, what about old John boy, the beloved? He's got it in his, he's just, I know you love him. I know you love him. He can do no wrong, can he, Jesus? You know, he's just perfect. What about him? He's like, Jesus, listen, this is about me and you. I'm not going to say which one of our kids, but one of our kids is really good at deflecting. You have any kids like that? You have any kids like that? Do you know friends like that? (laughs) Be careful with them. All right. As soon as you say, but what about them? This ain't about them. They're not even in the room. This is about me and you talking about what you did to separate you and I and life in this moment. How can we bring it back? How? An understanding that we just have to walk with him. And a lot of times what that looks like is following. Think about it. Where Jesus goes, the dust that is on his feet is on your face. What he steps in is all over you. What he teaches falls back upon you. What, you. what he goes through, you go through. And there's sometimes when he's even carrying you through it. How? You stay in step with him. So often we want to take our own path. We want to go off this way or that. But the easiest and the best and the most fundamental thing to do is to follow Jesus. Follow him. We think about that with Peter's life. As he followed Jesus, it did lead him to death. As he followed Jesus, it did lead him, to, lead him to hardship. But all along, after this point, you see his heart stays pure. Then you can see God. Our worship team's going to come up this morning, and we're going to conclude with a song. But I have a challenge for you. I have a challenge for you. Where will you fix your gaze? Where will your eyes be set? Where will your heart be set this morning? I know it's hard. I get it. I live in the same life you do. But you're a pastor. Don't you just like read the Bible nonstop every day? Yeah, I just stay right in that office back there all the time and just read. And when I'm not reading it, I'm listening to it. And when I'm not listening to it, I'm reciting it. And when I'm not, no, no. I think I was in there about uh, 15 minutes this week, okay? Because I'm serving and loving and doing. This is real life as we are walking this thing out and we're trying to remain pure. There's so many things that come at us left, right, up, down, everywhere in between. But we have to be willing to burn the boat. You got to be willing to go to him and stay with him. Send that thing out. Shoot an arrow, a flaming arrow on that bad boy. Or you can do a flamethrower, whatever you want to do, whatever's fun for you. Burn the boat. Go all in and that's it. Don't go anywhere else because that's the only place you want to be is right with him. Allow him to set fire to your heart. Allow him to purify your heart in such a way that nothing can separate you from him because you've experienced the depth of that love. 
Think about that. And you're choosing that love every single day. Every single day. So important for us. We don't want to forget that. Make sure that you have that friendship with him so that you can stay in step and follow him. It is real. A lot of times people get freaked out about what is this supposed to look like in my life? Do you have a good friend in life? What do you do with that friend? Sometimes nothing. You just sit together. And it's absolutely silent, but it's been the greatest time you've ever had. Why? Because it's a true friend. Sometimes you yell at that friend about what's going on in your life, and they sit there and they listen to it, and they say, okay, we're going to get through this. Sometimes you cry with that friend, maybe out of joy or out of fear or out of hurt or out of anything, but you're just with that friend. But most times what you do is you just talk and walk with that friend. That's what it's supposed to look like. It can't be some big emotional experience. It has to be real life for this to make sense. And I think Peter in this moment understood that it has to be just me, you, the fire, I bring the fish, you bring the bread, and I give of myself every day. Are you with me? Let's take a moment and close ourselves in this morning before we conclude. And I want to ask you, do you feel like it's a struggle to say pure in heart when you look at all these things that, that Peter endured in this moment? Do you feel like it's hard to have that agape love that you're willing to give everything and die to self in this way so that, that your friendship can be intact once again? Do you feel like that's difficult for you to do? It may be because everything in life is so much louder and so much more hurtful and so much more than what Jesus did. Let's take a moment this morning and humble ourselves before him like Peter did on that beach and ask, have I burnt the boat? Have I allowed you to burn within my heart in such a way that there's no space for anything else? Are you my friend? Like Jesus asked Peter, are you even my friend? It hit him to the heart because he understood that he wasn't living the way he should in that relationship. But today we can too and we can stay in step with him. So maybe for you, that means for the first time you want to give your heart to him or maybe rededicate your life once again. What does that mean to repent? Like the kingdom of heaven is near, repent, turn from the way you were going, the direction you were walking in, running in maybe, and turn to Jesus. Because you can see as he is with Peter on this beach, he's gentle, he's kind, he's loving. He cares more about who you are and what you're going to become than anybody else. He loves you so much that he literally gave his life and he wants to live in you.